Hello, everyone, and welcome to the preview podcast for the Bad Coyote Funky podcast issue number 55. This week, we're going to be talking about what every gamer is going to be talking about, and that's E3 2016. And it kicked off tonight, Sunday, with as just like it did last year with Bethesda's press conference bethesda game studios and they had, i gotta say like it was pretty pretty dope oh yeah they had, they had so much to talk about um they had quake champions which i know dave you just did a write-up on do you want to talk to us a little bit more about that so quake champions pretty much is like the i guess you could say quake 5 of the series i want to say like it's yeah. definitely up there and quake came out back in 1996 and was if you can if you can notice from the trailer it was a complete bloody mess like was no campaign to it. Just go in and you just fuck each other up for the most part. Um, trailer looked phenomenal. My whole concern is, and it's something my buddy uh, Yuha sitting next to me also brought up also. Yeah, though. Is um, it looks a lot like, excuse me, looks a lot like Overwatch or Battleborn, that hero shooter where you just pick a character that has abilities and you run with that. You, how what do you think? Um, to elaborate a little bit on that point. Hi, my name is Michael. I'm new to here. So, hey, everyone. Um, basically, just going over, you have two new games with Battleborn and Overwatch that recently came out. Overwatch being incredibly popular. And one of the things that we're seeing more and more in first-person shooters is individual characters with unique abilities and skill trees that you either level up in-game or wind up playing through. And one of the things is Quake, just from that demonstration with the multiple characters and the multiple fighting paths and play styles, it's like, this is cool, we've seen it before, now the question is, you're coming into this kind of late to the game. Overwatch and Battleborn have already had their time to niche out, so it becomes the, are you going to wind up playing catch-up tag to these other titles that have already had time and are going to have even more time to refine themselves? I mean, I guess time will tell on that ultimately, right? Whether they just kind of go in and try to do a cash grab for the hero shooter genre or if they really try to do something new, which I'm hoping they do. Um, this announcement had me kind of lackluster. I was I was never a big Quake person to begin with, and I felt like a lot of the audience was kind of waiting for other things when this one came out because my interpretation was the audience was kind of like, yeah, like four guys were like, yeah, oh, that's cool. Like... Quake. If you want to boil it down to, like, the, I guess you could say the meat and potatoes of it, Quake was not too dissimilar from, like, Unreal Tournament. It's just, like, a shooter that's really bloody. That's the best, most simplistic way I can put it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It it might be an interesting thing, too, because, like, Quake is a huge, huge title. And for them to say, we have these unique characters that you can pick from. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be showing you more about it later on. And that, that was one of the last things that they showed you. They're like, oh, here are these characters. And boom. And everyone's like, wait, what? Are they going to do the hero shooter thing? It's just going to be like Quake where you just jump in and you do, you know, just arena fighting. Is it is it, is it going to have a story? Because, you know, they just redid Doom. I mean, what's what's going to go on here? I mean, I, I don't know. Who knows? You know, Um Maybe Doom multiplayer was them getting their feet wet in preparation for this. If I can interject Mm. a little bit, I think one of the things they're relying on this is part of this struck me as trying to go down the nostalgia route because they showed, oh, here's Quake. And again, as you said, you know, the four or five people in the audience going, woo, and it's like, 
yes, when this was launched, it was bloody, it was graphic, you know, it was this uh, same thing with the Doom style. Let's go for kind of more of the shock value, gritty, raw fighting. And it's yeah. like, okay, that's not unique anymore, though. Now, don't get me wrong. You did an original title. You did an awesome job. Cool. But what what are you bringing to the table now that hasn't been done elsewhere not just the name give us something show us more yeah that's the one thing with this conference like people wanted wanted more and it's it's incredible to see like on on, on twitch there was around like three hundred thousand people watching this uh this thing and uh everyone was saying okay this is fine show us more they didn't have anything more to show and throughout the whole conference everyone was like come on another elder scrolls another elder scrolls come on here we go let's go another elder scrolls <laughs> i mean i mean i'm ready for one Oh, I mean, let's jump right into that then. I mean, they announced Skyrim on next gen, or this gen. I keep on calling Which it next gen. Looks it's current. Fantastic. Gen. Like, as, I mean, as, yeah. as soon as that happened, yeah. everyone started chiming yeah. in. Oh, PC Master Race. Well, here's my question. Here's my question: Is it too soon to do a re- do a, to do a remaster of the of uh, Skyrim? Uh, I mean, too no, soon because it, it no. came out. Um, I mean, like it came in, uh, out within the same time as Dishonored, and Dishonored's had a remake. Yeah, it was like uh, 2011, 2012. I so. want to say, yeah, like 2012, yeah. Yeah, and, and but it, like, I would then. rather see like a remake of like Morrowind or like one of like, the older like school. They games. had that, and they canceled it though. That was the big thing was they were going to reboot the original Morrowind three, and then they decided to scrap it, probably in favor of Skyrim, which does make sense because Skyrim was one of their big heavy hitters. And especially now the computers have started really getting up to par. Graphics cards have started coming up. And there was even user mods that people were doing that was re-rendering Skyrim. And they probably took a look at this and said, you know what? We can probably make a buck off remastering this. And to be fair, would I buy it? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's a remastered, new download content. Awesome. And it's one of their big titles. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the crazy thing is, like, uh, like I, I have it on my PC, and I have, like, some of those crazy mods, and it makes the world... Some of them make, make the world look incredibly real, and then some of them are just really ridiculous for no reason, but a lot of them are a lot of, like, different um, uh, character textures, world textures, and, and, and it's just really, really amazing what you can do with the mods, and they're so easy to install and do, so it, it was... Uh, it was uh, I don't know. I, I still got excited that it's, it's available on the console, because I, I do know some people who have never played skyrim and they don't have like like a 10k pc you know with like like two titans or whatever so yeah. it's gonna be fun for them to finally get into it and i was and as soon as that, that was announced my phone just started blowing up with people like oh i'll get to do it now i get to play it now because uh i've had I've, i do have friends who have come over and and played it uh on my computer They're like oh this is really cool i'm like yeah you know but then, oh, i wish i could have this and and so, yeah, I'm excited to see, like, you know, that they actually listen to fans and people have loved Skyrim for a long time. It's just such a good game. Like, the story's really good. Like, the way you traverse the world. I would love for them to actually put us into a Skyrim VR. Not really. They, 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 uh, the Bethesda um, conference also announced the the Fallout VR. Yeah. You know, that's coming for uh, the HTC Vive, which I'm happy it's for the Vive because the Vive is, like, I think one of the best versions of VR. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really, really immersive. But I would love the better if it was an Elder Scrolls game. Nah, man. Mm. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy it's Fallout and Doom. Um, I'm not a big fantasy guy though. Like in all honesty, like Mm -hmm. I've seen all the Lord of the Rings movies except the last Hobbit. Like I'm not really a fan. It's it's just, I don't know. I can't, I I can't. Yeah. But what if, what if it was like, I don't know. Cause like, I mean, 
Don't get me wrong. When I saw like the whole like VR thing for like Fallout, I almost like I pretty much spooged it in my pants. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Just because it already feels that way, and it'll be kind of interesting to see. But I mean, what about something like you know Conan or something where it's not really like fantasy, or even like Three Hundred, where it's not really like fantasy, fantasy, but like you're in that world. Where you have a shield and sword, and it's VR, and you just like have that. It's still not your which is Skyrim. Thing. <laughs> would you describe right which is Skyrim yeah, but not, it's like still fantasy like, and stuff though I don't know it's something about that that fantasy setting and the way they talk where I just like listen and I just like zone out because like yeah you're nah whatever. dude it's the most ex- exciting times where men remain you can go into a bar and drink mead and, and then uh, <laughs> you, you can arm wrestle someone and beat them challenge them to a duel you know, yeah, you, you, I mean, you can have I a pet. You, you can go to to towns and free them or destroy them, and I don't know, just the way you would like traverse this like un untapped, untouched land, and it was just lush, beautiful, like just for as mo- long as Miles could say. I mean, it, it'll be cool to like to actually try out the um uh the, the the Fallout VR. It could be cool, but like the world is just so dead and so so dull. I'm just like, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I never wanted to be like a, immersed into that world because I think it'd be so dull and listless. Oh, I think all, yeah. all the well, all the I, muted colors. And I, speaking to that point, um, oh, uh, here I'll do uh, my point. When you say dead world, you're looking at it, I think, from a different perspective. One of the things that's so great about the Fallout series and why it was so popular is because, let's be fair, how many of us have zombie apocalypse, you know, daydreams in the back of our thought process going, you know, what would I do in this scenario and how cool would it be at the end of the world to kind of wander around like the legit, like the badass, as he said, with the guy with the dog, the shotgun, and you kind of vigilante justice kind of thing. And when you walk in Fallout, you can be that old school Wild West, yeah. you know, your, your gun was your form of justice. And if you wanted to be the good guy, you could. And if you wanted to be the bad guy, you could. But the thing is, by removing the whole overarching of society's uh, boundaries. You basically are put in a world where it's like, you can kind of do what you want, but with guns and with cool technology. And the thing about that is you then have the same freedom as you said, when men were men and would go in and punch with mead, but also speaking to Fallout, you have this, yes, but we also have toilets and electricity and cool <laughs> gadgets that I can also kind of work with. The land so, is your toilet. Exactly, right, but you also, you, you have this, this great, you, you have this environment where you can walk around, and the other thing is, unlike Skyrim, the thing that Fallout can give you a little bit more is you feel like you're building something or working towards something, because in Fallout, when you collect survivors or protect them, you have an, an environment in which your actions feel like they carry more weight. Not that they don't in Skyrim. Don't get me wrong. I love Skyrim. But like in Fallout, if I go and I build a settlement or if I save a town or something, it feels like I'm now creating or changing this world more so than walking in and you know beating up on someone that's very true and that was one of the best parts i thought uh about fallout 4 was uh, the fact that you can build these towns and that's 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 really all i did in fallout like i i i I did that the most i just collected things and uh and i built up all my towns all of my outposts and i made sure like to to get them going 100 percent until like i had to leave and go do other stuff but one thing that that game doesn't have that it would be really cool to have in in vr which with Skyrim would be magic. 
And if you play, if you play it with any like VR headset, like, you know, you're fully immersed into a world. You know, if you have a control in your hand, you can still go, but, uh, you know, they announced the fall, um, the fallout with HTC Vive where you have these two peripherals you hold in your hand and they're very ergonomically designed so that when you're in the world, you really forget that you're holding them and you just see your hands or whatever you're holding. Now imagine. You're fully immersed into this fantasy world and you can cast spells. Like, I think that would be the most amazing thing ever. See, I, I think my opinion is just tainted because I don't think I could, even in a VR, I don't think I could ever be fully immersed in a fantasy world. I would just, my ADD would kick in and, and the way they talk, I'd just be like, you're that's boring. That's just a matter of personal preference, though, at that sure. point oh, in yeah. time. Oh, it, yeah. It becomes the, I mean, you're talking literally the steampunk dy- steampunk dystopian kind of future thing versus fantasy magic. And the thing is, you're always going to have sci-fi versus fantasy. That's a matter of personal taste. You can like one, you can like uh, both. I mean, it's... It, it, it immersion in that sense is the same as book preference for crying sure. out loud. It's you know what whatever you like, but I, I see your point for both ones. But I am a little surprised that they didn't wind up going with the Skyrim because yes, that could be if you could do both, that would be kind of the best because then you're catering to the broadest audience. And I, I like the idea of the Fallout because you have that open field. They're probably doing that as a test platform. Oh, yeah. And seeing, because Fallout 4, I think, did better sales-wise than what Skyrim did. So what they're looking for is, okay, where can we go to get the most followers so that we can test this from a launch perspective and see how does this cater to the general gaming populace? Is this something we can really make work, or is it just kind of a cute little knickknack? Oh, yeah. And and if these two take off, then I bet you Skyrim's next on the list. Absolutely. Well, one thing we can agree on is that the the Doom VR would be bananas. Oh Absolutely. my god, that would be Fucking scary bananas. as shit. Yeah, because like, <laughs> like that's something I'd be sitting there going, I'm going to have to play this on the toilet because I will be <laughs> literally just going to the. I, I all all control will be lost as I turn, look my head, and go, Oh, holy please! And my bowels are clean. That's a like, that's something I like. But actually, at the most, like I saw it, and it looked cool. But it's like Doom. Even like the original Doom had a lot of like scary shit for what it was back in the day. Oh yeah. And from like what we played like in the demo, it's like I don't want to know what it's like to see a pink demon running at me in VR. I really don't. I do, but I don't. You oh, know. Yeah. Or turning your head, or, or turning around, especially with the fact that they've gotten shading, lighting, yeah. and music. I mean, literally, you're going to. Can you imagine suddenly turning around and you're staring at a skull face that is literally about to rip your face off, and you are in virtual reality? So there's no. Oh, I'm looking at the screen, and there's the wall behind me. It's safe. It's just on the screen. It's no full field. It looks like something is about to rip your face off. Or a BFG nine thousand being like fired into my face. You know, it's like. That's scary. That's scary enough seeing it come at you like on screen, like 3D, like VR, like actually it coming at you. Like all you see is that. It'll be fun, but I guarantee I'm gonna shoot myself in the face within like 20 minutes of playing that game just because I can't won't be able to take it. And it's not even get into if they even like start doing that with other games. Like I don't know, maybe Resident Evil doing a Resident Evil VR or like the one the one you guys know I'm gonna say Silent Hill VR which will yeah. definitely I'd like to see at some point yeah fuck that um, <laughs> I would never although, never play that <laughs> just be on the other end of the spectrum I would love to see Red Dead VR see that game again goes with shooters in VR in general or just really fun because especially as you pointed out with the ergonomic controls that's just awesome to kind of whip your hand up and then see your hand see the revolver cock back and take the shot 
I mean, that can just create a really great... But that's VR in general. That's a technology that if we can get it up to that point and make it run smoothly, there are so many genres that open up. But that's where I think they're, again, bringing it back home a little bit. They're testing out with the Fallout series because it creates the, okay, how well can we work this and incorporate it? And what's the general feedback? Is it just a gimmick, though? Again, I, I bring the same point up because it's if you're playing with virtual reality, one of the problems it's always had is that level of immersion compared to I have this clunky thing on my face, does that it, which gets uncomfortable. You know, how well is this really gonna cause me to enjoy? Am I going to enjoy the game more through the virtual reality headset compared to a really cool screen? Yeah, sure. And another thing to think about too is is third person shooters. How would those look in VR? Like everyone kind of thinks first person, right? You are the character. You have like Hellspawn clawing at your face, literally. But there are games like Red Dead Redemption that are third person shooters that might not translate as well in the first person. So how would that? Would it be like you're playing with a toy? Uh, I didn't think of that. You're you're a titan among this world. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, like little things like that, which yeah, I'd be I'd be very interested to see what would happen with VR because I don't think it's going away. I mean, well, you have a lot of companies putting out different kinds of headsets, and sure, maybe Sony like abandons theirs, like they abandon everything that doesn't make immediate money. Uh, but you know, the Vive has been getting very very good reviews, uh, and even the the Oculus Rift too has been around for a little bit of time now, and there's no signs of it slowing down. I mean, we'll def. I mean, we we saw it in PAX. VR yeah. is definitely like the future of gaming. And it's what's going to bring, and we we saw it. Other developers said it. It's what it, it's what's probably going to bring like arcades back to the market in some way, sure, shape, yeah. or form. You know, because yeah. not all of us have like that nice like twelve thousand square foot loft that we can use to play these games or set up room for it. Most of us will probably go out and play it like at a bar or play it just at an arcade. Oh, yeah. Because there'll be a lot, I don't want to say cheaper, but it'll be easier, you know? Then there's those of us who'll spend like 12 grand on a gaming computer and it's like, fuck it, we're doing this. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, definitely. Uh, something else I want to bring up too um, is, while we're kind of on the subject of Fallout 4, is they announced a couple new different things for Fallout 4 and Fallout Shelter. Uh, just really quickly, it's a new Wasteland theme park. Nuka World is going to be yeah. an upcoming DLC, which looks kind of cool. That, that could be fun, right? Um, they also have, what do they have, like that that workshop DLC coming up where you can just like make armor and weapons yeah. and tracks. It, it, looks like, it looks like Fallout Shelter, but like better graphics. And, well, yeah. at least one scene did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Fallout Shelter is going gonna, is gonna to get a quest mode. And is going to have a new uh, way to combat instead of just everyone shooting at each other and hoping everyone survives. And we'll yes, get a- I like that. I was yeah. like, yes, it, it just makes so much sense because like you can just send your people into the room and then they'll just start shooting whatever is in there that's not supposed to be there, which is kind of stupid as opposed to having an actual combat system or specifically telling them like what to attack. I thought I thought that that was a really good change, and the fact that it's also coming to PC. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, like, th- I don't, I don't think. That's- when Fallout Shelter first came out, they thought it would do as well as it actually did. And it's enjoyable. It's oh, yeah. really, really, it's one of the mobile games I actually like playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At yeah. work, we all were playing it for months. Like, it was like, I thought for sure that that was going to last us until Fallout came out. 
based yeah. on the hype. And then it kind of died down because, yeah, you know, the combat wasn't that bi- that great. And once you get to a certain po- point, you're just doing the same stuff over and over and over again. But this PC release and all this new um, downloadable content stuff is super promising. So I'm pumped. Absolutely. And especially the fact that, like, I was really excited that you can make your own vault in Fallout 4. I was like, yes, yeah. it makes so much sense because I thought they unveiled. Wait, uh, the, to, the, to add to that, to add to that. I'm excited you can experiment on vault dwellers in your own vault. Yeah, that's one of the Fallout features 4. of this thing. So that so excites cool me. Like I will absolutely make, if I can now, a cannibalistic sex cult of a vault. Hands down, pants down, hands in the pants. That was your sexy Dave hour. No one make any sudden movements. Maybe sexy Dave will go away. Sexy Dave is here to stay. And I'm so, stuck in the same room with him. Thankfully, I have a taser. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so I thought when they first unveiled Fallout Shelter that we would be able to do that in the game right off the bat. So it's cool to see that they actually thought about that. And then you'll actually, oh, the fact that you get, you get to make your own vault, it's so cool. Like, it just blew my mind. I was like, yes, of course, it's the next part of this game. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, this game's not going to go away for a while. There's still more stuff they can do to it. And it's really enjoyable. And especially the fact that like the best thing I like about the game is building stuff. So oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. That's one of the hallmarks, though, of, of Bethesda is if you look, even the engine they use to create their games, they they tailor it so that you can add and subtract content. So one of their big marks is their mods. I mean, you saw it with Skyrim. The moment it came out, how many people started marketing with um, off companies, uh, personal individuals remaking it. And that's what keeps their games going is because they, they have a rough template, usually a pretty polished one, but then they say here, let's let people modify and add new content. We have an environment where we can just keep, you know, just adding to it and adding to it to keep it fresh. Oh, sure. Yeah. And speaking of keeping things fresh or priming something back that was stale, uh, Prey is actually coming coming back, which is... I totally forgot. I know. So, so okay. We were confused on what that was. Like, we saw it. Like, now it's like when you're like in, in space pretty much, right? So, pr- yeah. Prey, okay. based on what, what I remember, uh, initially was a... I remember playing it on PC way back yeah. in college. Way back in college, and I remember. I don't remember much of it. I think I really played it that much. Uh, it's like you were you were like this this like uh, for Native some American, reason, right? Native American guy in space, and there were aliens and like interdimensional stuff. Like I remember at, at certain points you were going through portals, yeah. and each and each like doorway of the alien ship was a butthole for some reason. So you were going through buttholes. You were going through different, but like the way that they played around. I was going to say, Dave, that's your kind that's of game. Kind Congratulations, of game. we found your game. <laughs> So and it, it, on. And it was a, it was a fun game because of the gameplay was really tight. Like the shooting mechanics were were really really good, and also just the way you traverse the world. At certain points, you would go through like alien dimensions, like bending space and time. Like like uh, like you had to get um like a key or something like that that was in the middle of a small box in the room. And then in the small box in the room was was like a terrarium, and you're like, okay, I have to go in there. So you look around the room that you're in, and you're in like a spaceship, and you find this box. You look at one side of the box, and it's peering in into that terrarium so you're like okay let me crouch duck you walk in you're inside the terrarium now and the rest of the room looks huge because like you've basically turned into ant-man at this point and you get the item in there and then you walk back out and then you're back in the regular room it's it's crazy it had like really really trippy things yeah like that so so this one is technically prey 2 although they're calling it prey 
As if it's like Nutella. Like, oh, nobody remembers uh, <laughs> that one thing we did. And then we're trying to bring yeah. it back like four years ago and then failed. Yeah, but it, I, I, it was actually enjoyable. But I was like, oh, okay, they're going to make a part two, which was the rumor. But now they just rebranded it Prey. So and it, look, it looks crazy. The story mode is nuts. Like, I it, mean, it, yeah. what they presented it to us anyways. It's just like this Groundhog Day effect where his eye gets more and more bloodshot. And then he wakes up and he's getting experimented on. And then he like goes through all this shit. And then he wakes up again and he's like talking to himself, like total recall style. That was, yeah, that was madness. I was like, absolute For madness. like a second there, like I actually thought it was going to be. The Tom Cruise movie thing where where he, um what, what was the name of the movie? Where where he basically dies. Edge of his, Tomorrow. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. It, it like struck me that kind of thing where it's he would advance, oh. die, and then come Ooh. back. And I'm almost yeah. wondering if they're going to tie. Because the way they were tying that in almost strikes me that it's something like that. Like something goes horribly wrong, but your character can keep coming back to and basically reliving until he gets it right. Interesting. That's a good way of making uh, yeah. checkpoints a real thing in the game. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and making those green mushrooms a little more viable. <laughs> All you have to do is survive the day. You've survived two hours. Awesome. Restart from checkpoint, waking up in bed. <laughs> um, and the last thing before we finish up, too, we would be remiss if we didn't mention this. Dishonored 2 was the I guess the the featured topic of the evening for yeah for which 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 is which is weird because it, they know we want another Elder Scrolls and 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 to Twitch chat was going yeah. crazy just everyone just spamming TES just come on the Elder Scrolls let's go but uh but you know Dishonor is nothing to shake a stick at it's I mean you know or or to to throw away even um, it's a better term um <laughs> it I, I actually I enjoyed the first one I love uh, the I'll first be it. Albeit, I, I I don't really care for the characters that much. The story was okay, but the powers were amazing. Yeah, they were they're they're very ingenious in the way that you can execute um each mission, and the environments had such detail, like that you were fully immersed until you had to get up to I don't know get a drink or something. But other than that, you were fully absolutely immersed. It was a beautiful like Victorian world, and you had to to fight against you know this uh this this government pretty much and these people and you. Can either stealthily get through the game, or you can full on just go balls to the wall and just destroy everybody. Yeah, I, I remember uh, back in my GameStop days, people used to come in and be like, "Oh, what should I get? What should I get?" And I just be like, you know, get dishonored. It snuck past me the first time when it first came out. I don't remember what other game came out at the same time, but I opted for that one. And then I think it was like a month later, I picked up Dishonored, and I could did not put it down. And the one thing I really liked about it is you could literally play that entire game without killing one person and get. Yeah, it's actually an achievement. Yeah. 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 So that's like intense. And I'm hoping they do the same thing in Dishonored 2 where you can just legit just sneak by everyone, not alert anyone if you're that good and just go through it. And it's actually so difficult. It makes like a room seem so much longer than it actually is when you have to like sneak through the shadows. Yeah. All I keep on getting is like flash. I don't know why, but when you're telling me that, all I keep on getting getting is like flashbacks of um the last of us and being stuck in a room with clickers and it's like yeah the door is only four feet away and there's no way in hell i can fight them all and kill them all and now it's gonna take me an hour to get through a room with a door that's four fucking feet away but in dishonor you of. have the choice to like use force push and kill everyone if you wanted to you aren't limited to just being stealth but it's a preference you can do if you want if you're up to the challenge 
or you can just like, you know, you can sneak by, possess a rat, you could possess a human, you could throw people off the edge, you can nightcrawler teleport behind someone. You could literally, as you're getting shot at, stop time, move the buddies, like the, the, the guard's buddy into the way of the bullet, resume time and walk away and have them kill each other. Yeah, the game's that absolutely so ingenious. That like, is so the, great. Like those developers <laughs> behind that game were really, really ingenious in the way they created the game mechanics to with with what you can do. Because we've seen some of these powers before, you know, like where you can teleport and bullet time stuff like that. But yeah, it's just like you said, it's the way you use them is very ingenious, and the, the way they kind of set you up to where you're like, oh wait, can I do this? And then you know, I, I remember like um, uh, there was like a, like a MythBuster series, or uh, people were just experimenting with Dishonored, and some amazing uh, like videos came out. From for, for, from the gaming community and in this one too it looks like they've really really upped the bar because some of these powers are crazy like um one of the last things they showed us was this device that can look through time yeah and it allowed you to step like dude that was sick like you're walking in the hallway like you have this thing on your arm that looks like it has like these like shattered mirrors uh that are really really long uh vertically and you while you're looking through it on your arm kind of like like a watch a little bit like it's 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 showing you like the past. So so uh, in the demo, the, it was someone walking through this old mansion that was run down and destroyed pretty much. But when they looked through this device, it was pristine and new as it was uh, you know years ago. And you can step through it, and you can see the guards. You can kill them. You can step back through time to where you're back in the destroyed uh, 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 mansion, and the guard is is and another guard is checking out his dead buddy. And you, you come back through time and shoot him. And I was like, oh my god, how do they do that? <laughs> Like it's, I was like, hey, one thing I want to point out. So incredible. One thing I want to point out about that scene, which I was telling you how about we're watching it is, which caught me. It's and it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing is that that the broken mirror thing they have that kind of like distorts time, like the animation it has of the spinning rings and like the light source in it that spins around also. Yeah, was amazing. It was and it what but thing about it was, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't a necessary animation. There's no reason why. They had to make it do what it did, but they did it to make it seem like an actual living device, like something that can actually do this. And that amount of detail into that one little thing on the left-hand corner of the screen was amazing. Just because, again, that was like someone's job to make that look as great as they could, even though you'll probably only see it in the game for at most, like a complete game time, probably an hour at the most of all the time added together, you're going to have it up there. But someone went balls to the wall to make that phenomenal. And that's one of the one of the better things about Bethesda in all their games. They had this such great attention to detail, and I, I'm pretty sure even if they onboard new artists and new devs, they're like, "All right, we have this standard for detail, and you have to adhere to it." And it's great. You can see it in all their games. Um, yeah. I'd counter that with one point, and this is where to finally wrap up because there was something else they brought up, which <laughs> we should bring over, which is a personal pet peeve of mine: the Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, See, yes. Yeah, uh, can we not? I was, I was trying to avoid yeah. I know, I know, but it's our duty. Bethesda brought it up. You have to bring it up. Let's all look at the dead horse that they keep trying to beat, <laughs> hoping that it'll make them some get some more attention because we... Okay, yes, 
they are trying to switch it up, and I can understand. I mean, I laughed when he said we're introducing the new level system where players can now go to any spot in the world and automatically be level appropriate. My first comment was, you know why you did that? Because you don't have enough high level players that'll actually come back and help <laughs> exactly. the lower levels. The yes. moment he said that, it was like, I know <laughs> yes. why you put that, because your server count dropped so low. Now, to be fair, I'm not going to completely badmouth them because I haven't played it recently, so I can understand where, hey, they may have changed things but i remember looking at it going bethesda we're talking about i mean normally attention to detail high story arc great immersion these are recurring themes we've brought up all night and then you come to their online game and go guys what happened where did you jump off the wagon why does this not feel like a bethesda game why does it feel so incomplete? And just, we're not even going to get into the glitches and failure. But you had to bring it up, though, because it's they kept harping on it and trying to bring people's attention to it. And it's like, you know, this is our new Elder Scrolls. Mm. Yeah. And then they talked about the Elder Scrolls trading card game. Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back to, to, uh, to Elder Scrolls Online. I actually used to play uh, that as well with, with a couple of friends. Like, we, we, we all bought it. And, and we, ha we had fun at first because we really wanted, like, uh, just I always wanted to play Skyrim, but, like, with friends yeah. in that world. And there were people out in the community who were trying to make it. And one of them got pretty close, but they were shut down by Bethesda. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, stop that. You know, the same, same thing with the, with the people who were trying to make World of Starcraft, like World of Warcraft, but with Starcraft, which looked awesome, but Blizzard stopped that because <laughs> it was getting too good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what really went wrong with that world. Besides the fact that there were a lot of glitches there, it, it got really grindy. Like, um, all, all the, all the, all the quests are, are voiced and the magic looks cool and the combat system was okay. It wasn't really that defined, but at the same time, like, I remember in, in enjoying it. With friends, and then at some point, it just got so tedious, and so just like we just really didn't care, we just stopped caring, and it sucks because like I, I haven't, I haven't done that with a Bethesda game, but at the same time, you could say it's not a Bethesda game because it, it was you know kind of really pioneered by Zenimax, who knows like you know an online world, so I think that's where it faltered. They put their you know like like time and money into a studio that you know is supposed to know the online world, and I, they really didn't deliver. It was. This 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 failed skin of, of what it was supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you jump in and you're like, yeah, you know, Elder Scrolls with buddies. And then you like start going into more and more into the world. You're like, wait a minute. Where am I? What's what's going on? And you look at each other. Yeah, and and you're like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't what I. And all of a sudden you have like 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 thirty quests and this is like okay do I do I not go back for this one do I go back yeah. forward? No, no and the better one was going for the one spawn to complete the quest that unfortunately spawns like uh, every half hour. So you had literally 10, 15 people circling this one area and yes. first person to tag him got the quest kill and then everybody else is just like oh for crying out loud and you're seeing they're going. This you're not helping yourself, guys. You're not helping. <laughs> and then, and then you have everyone who's trying to be a vampire, and they're trying to find the thing to make you a vampire, and it's not really available. And you have to wait, like you actually have to wait a couple days for it to spawn. So people are saying, okay, if you can't get it today, like I don't know, come back some other time, which which is so yeah. huge dedications that people True. actually do it. And then I actually became we, a vampire. You shouldn't harp by... on it too much though, because if not, we're gonna go into all the things that are wrong with it. Not to cut you short, sir. I know, I know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we no, can no, do a whole podcast. 
podcast on what's wrong with with Elder Scrolls Online. One one thing that that was was really wrong is that people were actually charging for vampirism because it was just so rare and so just, it was so broken. I mean, if if you wanted to be a vampire, this should have made it a bit more readily available, but it made it such a commodity. People were charging like like 10,000 gold for it. And I eventually became a vampire. Um, but by way of it, there's this nice dude and I actually just started going to the shrine and doing it for free, pissing off the entire community, you know, but, uh, it was great. I was like, yeah, I'm not charging for this. Who wants it for free? I'll, I'll be back here seven days later. Cause you actually had to, uh, um, take a week in order to, uh, to bite somebody, but mm. yeah, yeah. But, uh, the Bethesda card game, I mean, like, like the Twitch chat said it all. Everyone just kept spamming Hearthstone. We already have Hearthstone. We don't need these card games. I think they're immensely boring. I'd rather play cards in real life, but there's a huge following for these games. I mean, even at PAX, there was like, there was a Hearthstone, well, uh, tournament and is, people were sitting there watching it. Yeah. The thing is card games are great. The reason why online is popular is because I, I play magic, the gathering. Uh, I, I mean, even if you don't play it, most everyone's familiar with it. It was kind of like the iconic came out. Yu-Gi-Oh! then followed, and then I played that as well. I mean, you have lots of different card games that have then kind of spawned off of that. But the thing with card games is online gives you a little bit more of the opportunity of playing people on a regular basis. Because one of the problems with card games is you had to find a group of people that played, and then outside of going to tournaments, and tournaments is an entirely different feel. Now, I can understand where they were trying to tap into that because it's, yeah, these things can be really popular. But I agree with you that the moment they show the Elder Scrolls, everyone's going to raise their hand and go, you know, Hearthstone came out how uh, you know years ago and it's been done becomes the problem that Bethesda keeps smacking into with this kind of bringing again back to the Quake statement where it's like okay you know you had Overwatch now you've got Quake now yes Quake was out first I'm not I'm not dissing that but it becomes the you have Hearthstone you have Overwatch uh, you have Overwatch interestingly enough I'm doing two Blizzard games but it's still ah. the you know you're 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 kind of mirroring what's already out there and again the statement keeps coming back to it's been done sure and if it's been done you need to iterate on that make it unique enough to what blizzard has done like you know by no means did blizzard corner the market on or create the market i should say for digital cards you know digital card games uh nor did they create the market for hero shooters yet they took what everyone else had done and refined it and put enough polish on it to a point where it's a great product. And I think that's what uh, Bethesda is trying to do, but ultimately just can't seem to really get across. But anyways, that's time. That's, that's overtime for us. So, Serge, why don't you take us on home? Well, everyone, uh, thanks for joining us for the preview podcast for the Bad Kitty Funky podcast. Tune in this Thursday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. We'll be talking about E3 in this issue number 55. Make sure to check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud for you Android users. Uh, come by twist.tv slash Bad Kitty Funky and Booster Greg for gaming during the week. Follow us on Twitter to see when that goes live as well. And make sure you check out BadKittyFunky.com for everything you actually care about. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything you've got. Until next podcast, the actual podcast on Thursday, we'll see you later or we'll see you another time. Or never. Or we'll see you never. Or another time.